Recovery Talk, Episode 6, Leaving a Legacy. It's time for the Share Recovery Podcast, where we bring you amazing life-changing success stories from addicts and alcoholics all over the world who share their inspiring journey in recovery. And now, here's your host, O. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Recovery Talk, brought to you by the Share Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about leaving a legacy. And how many of you have actually thought or given time to what you will leave behind? And the reason why I bring this up is because now that I work at Costa Rica Recovery as an addictions counselor, and I have an opportunity to teach classes and get feedback from the patients, one of the questions that I had asked them when we were talking about core values and core belief systems about themselves and about the world around them is, what is the legacy they want to leave behind? And a few of them said, well, I'm going to be dead. So who cares what I leave behind? And I got to tell you, I took a step back. I was actually just very surprised at that answer. But then if I think about it and I go back in time and I think about what it was like when I was using and what it was like when I first got clean and sober and I spent so much of my time hating myself, so much guilt, shame, and remorse, so much wreckage, no self-esteem, no self-worth, and there was a big part of me that just wanted to die. So if I would have stopped to think about the legacy I was going to leave behind, it was bleak at best. And even if I would have died within my first year of recovery, the legacy I would have left behind was of a man who was shattered and broken by addiction, who had wrecked his family, ruined his life, and was just another cautionary tale of addiction. And one of the things that saved my life was sitting in the delivery room after my daughter was born, and my ex-wife had just completed a C-section, uh, her C-section, so she was out cold. And there I was in the middle of the night alone holding my daughter. And this overwhelming need for help just came over me. And I remember just crying on top of her and and just begging God for help. Just please, God, help me. I don't want to be this disappointing drug addict father for this beautiful little girl. I had lost my business, lost my wife, lost my friends was in very poor shape, very poor health. I had basically lost it all. And there I was just holding this beautiful little baby in my arms and just asking God to have mercy on me um, and help me get clean. Because my worst fear was what I was going to leave behind. That one day she would be a teenager in high school and her friends would say, so what does your dad do for a living? And she would have to say, my dad died of a drug overdose or my dad's in prison, you know, or my dad was shot. And these were the thoughts that were going through my mind. So if you would have asked me, what is the legacy I want to leave behind? I don't know if I would have been able to project something positive. I think at that moment, I would have been just hopeful that this, that I wasn't going to be just another cautionary tale. And I will go as far as to ask people, if you were to die tomorrow, what is it that people would say at the funeral? What is it that they will remember about you? This is a tough subject. And it's a bit dark and and a little bit scary just to think that where you're at right now in this present moment, 
what mark does that leave on your family, on your friends, on your loved ones? So if I would have died right there in early recovery, that is the legacy I would have left behind for my daughter. And I just wasn't prepared to do that. And for the first time in a very long time, I was prepared to fight. I was prepared to fight not only to keep her in my life, but to leave a legacy. Whether I knew it or not at the moment was irrelevant. I knew what memory I wanted her to have of me. I wanted her to be proud of me. I wanted her to love me. I wanted her to, to be able to say, that's my dad, and I love him, and he's awesome. Many years later, when I was five years clean and sober, my sponsor was pushing me very hard to make amends to my father. We hadn't spoken in two years, and I was very angry with him about the divorce that my parents had had and how it went down. So I was angry, I was bitter, I was resentful, and I didn't speak to him. And you know, my sponsor kept pushing me to, to make amends. That was on my list of amends that I hadn't made yet. And he said, what happens if one day you get that phone call and you haven't spoken to your father and it's too late? And he used that as the tactic for getting me to call him. And I finally did, and I spoke to my father. And the minute I got on the phone with him and we started talking, it all just dissipated, it all just went away. And I started crying and we connected all over again. And my dad immediately booked a flight to come see me in Costa Rica. That's how fast things changed. He came here to spend two weeks with me. He ended up spending two months with me. And we had one of the most amazing times ever. It's, it's a time in my life that I'll never forget. I took him with me everywhere. And um, I was just so grateful. And I thank my sponsor for that. And then um, a year later, I get that call. I get that call that I never would have expected. My dad was only 66 years old. And I get the call from my sister, and she's crying on the phone. And she said, it's dad. And we both started crying. We broke down, and she said, oh, I need you. At the time, my sister had just given birth. Uh, she had two children, my, my two nieces, and there was no way that she was going to be able to take care of a newborn and my dad. And my other sister um, is one of us and did not have the coping skills to do this. She goes, I went to go see dad and the house is a mess and I need you. I'm, I can't do this alone. So I quit my job. I put the brakes on my life and I took care of my dad for the last year of his life. And as painful as it was to watch my dad go through what he went through and then ultimately pass away, I was the one who took care of him. I was the one who fed him. I was the one who took him to the doctors. I'm the one who programmed his pills. I'm the one who suffered the most. And I don't regret a moment of it. And I remember the words that were said at his eulogy and how many people love my father. So as you listen to this recording and you look at where you're at in your life today and you ask yourself, how will I be remembered? What is the legacy that I will leave behind? And if you're anything like me, where I was in my life 14 years ago, that is absolutely not the legacy I wanted to leave behind. And I had a choice. I could either fight and do whatever it takes to change the trajectory of my life, or I can just give up and just say, well, I'll be dead anyway. So who cares? I don't care who you are. And even if you say that, I choose to believe that nobody wants to leave a legacy of wreckage behind them. So the question you have to ask yourself right now is, how do I want to be remembered? 
And what is the legacy that I want to leave behind? The thing is, the legacy I want to leave behind is the legacy I'm going to leave behind. And if you were to ask any one of my friends, what do you think about Oh, They would tell you. He's a loving, caring husband, son, father, a man who gives, a man who cares, a man who's dedicated his life to recovery, a man with values, who has character, who has spiritual principles. I live my life today the way I want to be remembered. Every single one of us is a beautiful child of God and has an opportunity to leave an amazing and beautiful mark on this earth. Think about how you want to be remembered. And if you aren't already that person, become that person. So I'll end with this quote. Carve your name on hearts, not tombstones. A legacy is etched into the minds of others and the stories they share about you. Shannon L. Alder. HP, baby. So thanks again for joining us on another episode of Recovery Talk. And for those of you that would like to participate in the Share Private Group, go to Facebook, go to the search bar, type in Share Private Group. Share is spelled S-H-A-I-R. The group will pop right up. Click on the join button. We'll add you immediately. Become a part of the solution. And if you're listening to this episode for the very first time and you haven't heard any of the Share Podcast stories because they're an hour or an hour and a half long, (laughs) do yourself a favor. If you're somebody who's struggling with addiction and need to find wholesome ways to pass the time, then do yourself a favor. Listen to an episode of the Share Podcast. It's regular people, just like you and me, who share their story. The battle against drugs and alcohol, the wreckage it caused in their life, when they hit rock bottom, and then finally, their inspirational journey into recovery up until today. Sharing helps addicts in recovery. HP, baby. Thank you for joining us on the Share Recovery Podcast. To check out the show notes page on this interview or to thank our guests for sharing their story, go to www.thesharepodcast.com. While you're on the website, don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter to stay up to date on the latest news, podcasts, and interviews. Want to be one of our guests and share your story? Then go to our website and click on the Share Your Story button. We share our inspiring recovery stories every Tuesday. So subscribe to our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio to get your free weekly download. We'll see you then. The opinions shared on this show reflect those of the individual speaker and not of any 12-step fellowship as a whole. And though we discuss 12-step recovery and the impact it had in our lives, we do not promote or endorse any 12-step anonymous program.